You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Happy to be here today. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm a writer, producer, and a dancer. Am I not, Liz? I am a dancer. <laughs> that, that, yes, you are, Leanne. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to talk about the dance performance, Julie. This is Liz Dolan. I'm in the Wondery Studio in West Hollywood with Leanne. And I saw the big show Saturday night. Sorry you missed it, Jewel. No video oh. allowed. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to tell I'm you Ju- about it. I'm, I know. I can't wait to hear all about it. I'm Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas. And uh, as you know, I'm an urban nana. And today I'm on duty. I I have my grandson, Peter, day two of a stomach virus. He's in the next room watching Wreck-It Ralph. So we got to w- talk fast, girls. Because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, that's, we're only allowed to talk as long as Wreck-It Ralph is on TV. But I think he's set up. I don't think he's contagious. And that's the thing we do for you here at Satellite, <laughs> Satellite Sisters. It's news talk laughs, and sometimes childcare. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we were little and we had to stay home f- sick from school and mm-hmm. mom would not let us watch TV? She wanted to make it as unpleasant as possible mm-hmm. to stay home sick. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? That, you were- that didn't happen to me, Leanne. I always got to watch TV when I was homesick. Really? Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In fact, because we only had... We had a little portable TV that... It was the little portable TV. The sheet mom, it was one of the acts of great love and kindness is she'd move it into the bedroom and you could watch TV. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those days were over. <laughs> Leon, as we often say, is the eighth of eight. So there were some benefits you got and maybe some you did not. I think the little black and white this TV... This is now a shocking moment. <laughs> I know. Didn't mean to bring you down at the beginning of the show, right, little sister. I'm going to get my revenge somehow. Just watch. No, remember when I was on concentration when I was 12? It's because I had been homesick watching concentration on the little black and white TV in the bedroom, and they announced Kids Week, and you could apply for Kids Week. And so So, you did. So I did. So there's no accounting for the opportunities I missed out because I didn't get to watch television. (laughs) Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Let's just forward promote this show and move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, I knew I wasn't the favorite, but I didn't... I think I was that far behind. (laughs) Fine. Today on the show, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk. We have a block in the B block. Every age is whacked. So we're going to talk about something called kidfluencers. Yeah, which should not be a word. So wrong. No. Uh, I I saw an article about millennials getting plastic surgery so they look better on social media. Okay, that's wrong. That's wrong, too. Uh, Julie, you have a piece on the invisibility of older women. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I, uh, we're going to discuss. I had to read the article twice. I was so mad the first time. I couldn't understand her point until I read it the second time. Okay. And then uh, Stephen King's wife, Tabitha King, uh, fires back. Yeah. Stay noisy, Tabitha. We're right. with you. We're okay. with you. Excellent. Okay. Uh, and we have some other stuff happening, too. But first, let's talk about me. Um, yeah. Let's. <laughs> okay. So this week was my big dance show. 
Uh-huh. New listeners to the show, they don't know this, that some, I used to do a lot of dancing in high school, mm-hmm. apparently because I wasn't allowed to watch TV, <laughs> so I had to entertain myself somehow. And then, uh, you know, I would take classes for over the years, but yes. I hadn't really been on stage in like 35 plus years. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. a couple years ago, I got talked into joining what I thought was simply a dance class, but what turned out to be like a performance-oriented dance troupe yes. for middle-aged women. Yes. <laughs> There's no other way to describe uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. That's what it is, which is led by a ballroom teacher, which then led to me taking some ballroom classes, something I had never done before, and then which has now led to three shows, each one with increasing magnitude. Yes. And this year uh-huh. we had a Hooray for Hollywood theme show uh-huh. on a real stage. Yeah. Sure, it was a junior high school stage, but there was a red velvet curtain, and that's all you need to know, people. <laughs> and That I, made it look good in the photographs. It really did. And then I performed in the group number, which was a Bob Fosse mashup of Big Spender with some ballroom thrown in. Yeah. And then I did yeah. my own dance, a cha-cha, to Madonna's yeah. Into the Groove. Oh, Julie, you it, would not have believed. Okay, go ahead. So, uh, you know, Liz, now you can tell <laughs> Tell them how great I was. Now you can tell okay. them. Was she great, Liz? Liz was awesome. Please First of all, the, the whole thing is awesome. I just love seeing these ladies up there doing yeah. their thing. And you say middle-aged, but not so much. I mean, you are middle-aged, but the oldest in your troupe, that woman is 80, 80. right? 80, and yes. She was not She's only middle-aged, Liz. <laughs> don't change. Don't you, don't wreck it for her. Yeah. I just want to give her some props because not only was she in several dance numbers, she actually emceed the show. Julie, she was oh. doing a boffo because the previous MCs of the last two performances were not so good. Right. But she really nailed it. Anyway, loved the first big number. Did you look like you were really having fun doing it? Here's what happened. So this was the the Bob Fosse thing. We have been working on this so long. Okay. I I can't even tell. It's embarrassing how long. But we had only rehearsed in that space once, Mm -hmm. one time. And Uh it was That makes a difference, right? Yes. Well, we had to do it in front of the curtain then get behind the curtain and then set up for the second piece. And it was a disaster. (laughs) The first, the only rehearsal was literally a disaster. Like Jan in the back, I thought she was going to cry. She's like, I can't believe this is happening. That looks so bad. I can't believe we have to go out there. And Jan is in show business. So that like, she's an Emmy award winning makeup artist. (laughs) So uh, we had five minutes before the curtain opened. And I was like, get out there. We are running through that number again. We didn't have any music. I was like, count it off. Five, six, seven, eight. I was not letting. Leadership plan in a time of crisis. That's I was, what we like to see. Yeah, exactly. I was not letting that ship go down after a year of rehearsing yeah. that dang number. Yeah, not the opening number. No, Come it was on. a big number. The fiasco has to happen well into the show. Liz, the show must go on, and we did it. So that that was we were triumphant when yes. we came off the stage. We we're like, oh my gosh, we pulled it off because okay. it was so bad. Like minutes <laughs> before that curtain opened, <laughs> and then and then I have my Madonna cha cha. Mm-hmm. So okay. okay, and I told you there was a little bit of, a bit of business at the end. I hadn't oh, told you the whole thing. Oh, huge surprise at the end, Julie. The crowd. What was that? The crowd gasped. When it's this whole thing took a turn, I'll let Leon explain. Okay, so we start with Into the Groove, and I've got I've got what I consider mature Madonna on. I have a I have a mesh shirt on. I have a headband. Uh-huh. I've got the long pearls. Uh, I've got the lace glove, and I have those lace leggings yes. instead of Good. stockings. Uh, I think the leggings are going to shred mid dance. They're so cheap. I can't even tell you. So I'm a little worried. First of all, I'm worried I'm going to break something in the middle of a dance. A what? A body part? Yes. Yeah. I just thought I was going to fall. Over, like fall off my high heels. I thought, what's the worst could happen? Yeah, I saw you in those official dancing shoes, Leanne. Very impressive. Yeah. So we do our into the groove thing, and there's some twisting and turning, and there's some business and some good numbers. Uh And uh, but then, Julie. 
then the music changes and you hear Madonna's voice. And then we go to Vogue. We do a little <gasps> Vogue pickup. So I have a costume change on stage. <laughs> yes. I go back to the back of the stage, okay? And uh-huh. I take off my headband and my pearls. Uh-huh. So now I'm in, you know, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Madonna. I got to get the cones in somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cones, Julie. You did not do cones, Leanne. You Julie, did cones? I did. What? But we tried several options. And finally, Piero, the dance teacher, said, it would be so funny if you just use birthday hats as cones. And I was like, I'm 100% in on this plan. <laughs> so I turned around to the audience and I was just holding pointed birthday hats on yes. my breasts. And oh, it got a huge reaction from the audience, Julie, because Whoa. from the music change, we all knew we were going into Vogue. Right. So yeah. when the birthday hats appeared, <laughs> I was sitting in a row with Leanne's husband, but also a bunch of your friends. People started screaming <laughs> when they saw that. Because I oh, turned on like she's a superstar. And then the yeah. dance teacher had a little photo, you know, a camera and he was taking photos. It was supposed to be the paparazzi. And then the best part was I just threw the cones to the side. <laughs> <laughs> and we Lynn, did. The, I can never unsee that image in my mind. It was you funny. holding up birthday hats. It okay. Yeah. And then you and did then, it, Liam. And then we did the Vogue dance. Then we did like thirty seconds of the actual dance from the video, which is hard to do. Yeah, yeah. we had to watch that video like a hundred times. That was I actually bet. more work than I would have thought. And mm-hmm. some of the stuff, like my legs, just couldn't do anymore. <laughs> like Madonna actually oh. lifted her knees off the ground. Oh. I could. I just had to sort of shuffle. People but. only remember the arms. They only remember bug. the arms. Yeah. 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 So, so the whole thing, it was super fun. I mean, triumphant, sounds triumphantly, and and I have to lovely. say, just the idea that you're on stage and you're putting it out there. Like for me, it's dancing, but I know other people, you know, they sign up for triathlons or tough mutters or they go back to grad school and they have to defend their thesis or something. I I find that it, that is energizing. Yes. It's getting out of your comfort zone can just really open things up. Yes. So that's a hundred percent because it's not comfortable. Like backstage people kept saying, I'm going to throw up, you know I mean? (laughs) Like the stakes are low. It's not. Yeah. It's not Broadway. I know it's friends and family yeah. in the audience. So, but no, it's still, it's still. You have to go out there and do it. You have to sell it. Yes. And apparently, you did the little Liam. I brought it. I brought it. Well, you know, if you're going to be on stage, you might as well be on stage. Yeah. I don't know why okay. you would do it if you weren't like, well, this is it. Because yeah, but that's just me. But uh, I, I just really had fun, and it's a great group of women, and the dance teachers so professional. So it's really, it's really been a fun thing to do. It did seem like a great group of women that because all of the individual numbers were very different from each other. <laughs> yes. So you could tell you were getting it like you are Madonna. So we were getting Liam. Yes. Right? Like, Leon, that was your era of right. like, being young and dancing to club music. Right. right? So there was that. But there were people doing, you know, uh, dancing in the rain. Or there were people so like... Singing in the rain. Singing in the rain. Yeah, that's what I meant. Exactly. So people, like, chose songs that were probably meaningful to them yeah. in some way. And so you got a very powerful sense of each individual woman's personality. Yes. Which I really liked about it. Yes. Now, Sugar, a fan fave. Oh, she, my God. I mean, she commits 100%. So she yeah. did Goldfinger, Julie, and she was inexplicably <laughs> oh. dressed as Dolly Parton. So she is like a small wow. Taiwanese woman. She put on wow. a big blonde wig and had giant, giant breasts yes. and a gold dress on. And she Thank just you. sold that on every level. So, okay, my- Leon. Well, I'm definitely coming out to LA next time you have a show. Okay. I have to see this for myself, and I want to be able to cheer you on. Fantastic. Sounds great. Thank you, Joel. Okay, uh, but 
now, you know, putting on my other hat, which is a, a literary icon. That's <laughs> not really how I see my writing with birth, career. With birthday uh, hats on your, on your brush. Yes. That would be a nice author picture, Leon, no doubt. <laughs> instead of doing a reading here at this lovely vineyard in Sebastopol, uh, I'm uh, going to do a little vote. <laughs> Does anybody mind? Um, so I will be appearing at the Horse and Plow Vineyard on this Sunday. This Sunday, wow. Uh, at 1.30. It's part of my writer-in-residency at the Horse and Plow Vineyard. I'm driving up to Northern California on Friday. I'm locking myself away for five days to do a lot of writing. Um, but I also have this one appearance. I know some of the Satellite Sisters are coming, and I appreciate it. Uh, so one thirty Sunday, the Horse and Plow Vineyard in Sebastopol. That that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. No cones. <laughs> no cones. No, cones. <laughs> no lace stockings yeah. or leggings. It's a quieter life at the Those vineyard. Things. Okay. Quieter it's a miracle life. they held up. <laughs> Well, you know, sisters, while you were uh, dancing, dancing away there, I was I was here in Dallas. And this weekend I got to take uh, Alice, my oldest grandchild, uh, to a gymnastics meet in Plano, Texas. And I have some observations about gymnastics. I don't know if you've ever been. I mean, you've seen it at the Olympics, I guess. Sure. But I don't. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen, This is a local meet. Uh, so I went. I, I was in charge of Alice uh, and she went with her team. So I have about six observations. Number one, that every fifth girl in uh, the Plano, Texas uh, gymnastics meet was named Madison. So that meant for four hours, it was like, go Maddie, go Maddie, go Madison, go Maddie. So there was a lot of cheering for Madison. I don't know why, but that was the name of all young gymnasts. Number two, the thing about gymnastics is it is really an individual sport. But it's wrapped in a team. And what I liked about this meet was the team spirit. I mean, obviously, they're all in the same gymnastic uniforms, but they really do cheer for each other. They do console each other. And they really, they they get individual scores, but they also get a team score. And I think that is so great for girls that they that they participate on t- in team sports. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was good. Gymnastic parents, they're exactly the same as football, baseball, hockey, soccer, you name it. I was just so happy to see so many dads, grandfathers, uncles, brothers, lots of brothers there cheering on their sisters, uh, rooting for them, and really getting into the competition of it. That was nice. Cool. That Um, sounds fun. I know. I think that's good. Next, please let's eliminate the balance beam. I mean, that (laughs) (laughs) event... It is the plank of doom. I mean, for both the gymnasts and the audience. I mean, when you're watching that, even if they do really well on the balance beam, when they finish, you're not thinking, oh my gosh, that was a great athletic um, event or that was such, it was so beautiful. You're thinking, thank God they didn't fall on their head. Thank God they didn't split their body in half. You know, I mean, I think they should just eliminate that sport Do I, you that's think? a good idea i mean because it's it makes my teeth hurt to watch it and it's, oh, there's God. nothing fun about it it's super unnatural you know it's not like the uneven bars are awesome the floor exercises even that vault that looks fun even mm-hmm. though it's deadly but uh <laughs> yes. but yeah, yeah the balance beam ooh, i, I don't, don't know like, remember I mean, our sister sheila that was her event okay. in junior high school okay. she still harkens back to her balance beam no, days. she couldn't do what they were doing on the balance beam she's on some low board yeah. and just 
doing some stepping. Now, this <laughs> Remember, is, at the family, yeah, re- family reunion, she reenacted it like on a picnic bench. <laughs> so, okay. okay, yeah. Okay, so that's it. The other thing that goes on at gymnastics meets, which I like, it's a fundraiser. You know, you have to pay $7 to get in, and they have a concession stand. But the other thing they have is our shout-outs, which for $4, which seemed a little steep, that during the meet, uh, they will do shout outs to your favorite gymnast. So you can, you know, you can write out a little note, pay $4 and it can be go Madison, love mom and dad. And th- oh, that's wow. over the, well, that <laughs> must I get competitive too. Seemed, I thought $4 seemed very steep to me. So I did not <laughs> opt yeah. for that. Huh. But but uh, then I heard one that was like, go Madison, love Nana. And I, of course, was immediately jealous. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm doing a shout out. So I paid the $4 and I did it to Alice's team. And I said, you're the best. Nana. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. How about that? How a little Satellite that? Sisters promotion. Oh, yeah, Some I text. did. It's a little branding. You never <laughs> don't want to miss that opportunity. And then finally, I mean, the thing... That, I lo- that I've come to love most about uh, gymnastics is the gymnast salute. Now, you know what this is. This is when they stand up no matter what has happened. They've fallen on their head, their butt. They've totally blown the bars, the beam, whatever it is. And they have to stand there. They have to put their head up and throw their arms over their head. Mm-hmm. A- mm-hmm. And I think that really teaches young girls courage. You know that? I mean, I, I think... I am going to start to doing <laughs> the gymnast salute. You know, when I'm having a bad day, just just try that. Just yeah. hold your head up, throw your arms over your head, and just keep going. Just sort of your own power pose. Yeah. Yeah. Taking yeah. credit so for I something think- not accomplished. Yes. <laughs> but I think it's very good for young girls because it is a difficult sport that even if they haven't, you know, even if they had a rough day, that they still just pull themselves together, be courageous, and do it again. Yep. Okay. I'm thinking we should start selling shout-outs on Satellite Sisters <laughs> for four bucks. That, that is a, okay. an income stream we have not considered We yet. totally have not done <laughs> okay. that. I'm sorry. I'm just going back to that as an income stream. <laughs> Julie, did she win anything? Did she win, Alice? <laughs> she she placed she pl- she was she placed go. she was on the podium. That's what we. That's all that counted. All and her team did okay. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, uh, stay tuned. We have more here on Satellite Sisters. Okay, uh, there are, there are two things that I um, try not to do uh, here on Satellite Sisters. One is use words like kidfluencers. <laughs> okay. I just like I try what? not I try not to adopt these kinds of crazy words. The other thing is I try not to have opinions on parenting because not a parent, not a parent. So, you know, I leave this to you guys. So this weekend I was, you know, home reading the New York Times on the front page of the New York Times on Saturday. There's this headline, which gets my attention. Brands pour money into online fountain of youth, kidfluencers. So, Right. So, of course, I have to read it. So here's the story. They say Samia was an influencer before she could talk. Her parents are influencers themselves and began chronicling her impending arrival on YouTube and Instagram in 2014 when when the mom learned she was pregnant. So they say Samia's birth video is on YouTube. So she's pretty much been born into social media. Well, I don't think Samia chose that, but okay, carrying on here. Liz, the tone in your voice very clearly <laughs> indicates you 
No. You have an opinion on I'm There's trying. judgment, Liz. Yeah. It sounds like you're making some judgment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Okay. So Samia's now four. She has 143,000 followers on Instagram and 203,000 subscribers on YouTube. Her feeds are mostly populated with posts of her posing and playing, but they also feature paid promotions for brands like, I'm not going to mention brand A and I'm not going to mention brand B. So, uh, and then the, the story is full of other parents, you know, basically building these businesses for their kids. There, There's a crazy amount of money involved in some of these if your child really does command a lot of influence. For instance, here's one, not going to name her. Uh, oh, it's two-year-old identical twins. Um, they have an Instagram account and a sponsored post for them. They get paid between $10,000 and $20,000 for that. And here's another one, uh, someone who reviews toys. Someone, it doesn't say how old. Uh, anyway, the... <laughs> well, we know they're a kid. Yeah. 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 Okay, just as young star, uh, previously in the article, they probably mentioned the actual age, but this young star earned $22 million in a year, Holy according cow. to Forbes. Oh. So you're right, Julie. You can hear in my voice that... I want to disapprove, but then again, I started to ask myself, is this any different than then kids just being in commercials or kids doing all kinds of things? Maybe they want to be on stage. like be... Well, I think there are differences because at least if you're a child actor in commercials or in a movie or TV, there are now rules and regulations about how much you can work, how often you can work, you know, That's all true. of that. Mm -hmm. I am sure with social media that those rules don't apply. Yes. So no. there, I mean, that's the abuse there. Yeah. And, and Liz, you know how, how much, how long it took us to do some of our social media posts from Argentina, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> it's work. These, these parents are spending a lot of time posing and putting, you know, yeah. uh, uh, putting their kids to work, right? Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, so. one, other, one other thought just to throw in, then, Lee, and I want to hear your point of view, too, is that allegedly these platforms like Facebook and Instagram they have age limits, and children under right. 13 are not supposed to be on them. So that's why these posts, it always says that it's actually being posted by the mom or the dad. But obviously, it's being posted for kids who are much younger. So what's up with that? Right. I don't know. I just, I just question that, too. Yeah, I remember a time um, we were at the playground, and it's Los Angeles. So an agent came up and said, oh, you know, have you ever considered your son doing commercials. He's, mm -hmm. he's cute. Would you like to, him to do commercials? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. An agent. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, a college fund. You know, that's what they always say. So I said to my husband, hey, she wants to meet him and have him come in. And he's like, you know, Leanne, I go to work every day, so my kids don't have to. And I was yeah. like, oh, light okay. bulb. Good right. point. Good like, point. all of this is work. Yeah. And so it's not fun. No matter how much they say it's fun, it, it is work. So that's, yeah. and Julie, you make a good point. It's really unregulated work. And we've seen kids in the past get into real problems with unregulated work. Right, right. And it's not, I mean, it's not, I mean, of course, children are adorable. Maybe right. it's easier for them to take a cute video or an Instagram picture with one take, but maybe not. They're also kids. They get tired. They get cranky. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so this can be a real stress and strain on the child, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I just don't think it's in their best interest. Yeah, yeah, it makes me uncomfortable when I see all those kids on reality TV shows and things like that. You know, and that's been 20 years now since that John and Kate plus eight. Like, yeah. that was a d debacle. And yeah. It's just, 
you know, I, you just wonder, is it really their choice? It's not really their choice. I mean, right. I, Even if the kid has a sparkling personality, right. which no doubt these kids do. Right. You know, they're, you know, I, but I get. You're just but, different people when the camera's on. Yeah. That's not who you actually are. I mean, those are not really reality TV shows. Somebody's yeah. telling you what to do. You're being forced to act like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's disturbing to me. And I'm someone who I did write. You know, I had a p- blog called The Chaos Chronicles. That was a column in Working Mother magazine. And I'm aware that over the course of 20 years, my children have grown up. But I always tried to talk about my kids in a way that was more about my role as a mother than their role as an eight-year-old boy. Yeah. So for me, it was a really clear line. And I wrote the Chaos Chronicles for three or four years for Working Mother and then did the podcast. But then I thought, um, okay, now I'm done. Like, they're now going into junior high and high school. They're going to have their own lives. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so talking about them, talking about yeah. them, even in sort of even a way where I had felt like it was a clear distinction made me uncomfortable. They yeah. should be able to make their own choices and live their own lives. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that, yeah, I don't that's, know. A, that's an unfortunate trend that people are, you know, obviously capitalizing on children and use, using children maybe not to their benefit. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's disturbing to me. Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not sure I would buy anything based on that. Like, you know. I yeah, mean, but I, it's I not just, targeted at you it's either. It's not targeted at you me. Know? So some 8-year-old girl is seeing another 8-year-old girl on YouTube. Yep. That is pretty fun. Yeah. And you're going to want that thing cuz she's having a lot of fun with it. And there are certain kids that really are stars. Like yes, right away they for sure. they do want to be on TV. They have great voices. They can really dance. Like yeah. I don't think it's someone who's birth video is on i know i mean that's oh wow that really feels forced it does because that, but, she was not choosing that yeah yeah she so didn't anyway. sign a permission slip for that right no. there was yeah yeah okay well i would be curious Sticky. to see if people have other points of view right please share them in the facebook group There's, it's hard to know. argue with 22 million dollars it is i guess that's the way people people justify it sure right? yeah like that's a pretty set, good college yeah, fund right that there is right <laughs> yes right. Okay. You can go to any college you want at that point. Okay, carrying on with our Every Age is Whacked block. <laughs> All right, so I saw this job, uh, this headline at CBS News. More millennials are getting plastic surgery driven by social media and jobs. All really? Right. This is a crazy story. First of all, millennials, you're beautiful. Oh, just yes. stop. Just you're the gonna, way you are. No. You're going to look back uh, at your pictures from your teens and your 20s and your early 30s, and you go, oh, my gosh, I look great. Why did I have any self-doubt? <laughs> Believe me, every day I look back and I go, why didn't I wear bikinis? I mean, all those fresh faces. I why know. would you do anything? I right. know. Well, here's why. Doctors say they see a lot of millennials coming in now, and what's disturbing to them, the plastic surgeons, is that you know, usually you walk in apparently to a plastic surgeon's office, you look in the mirror and you describe to the doctor your unhappiness. Yeah. He said now patients take out their phones and they're looking at a social media post of themselves. Oh. It's not even their actual face. So it's their it's selfies? A photograph. So wow. it's their selfies and they're pulling them out and saying, yeah, this is what I want to change. And doctors, one doctor quoted in the article said, it's insane. Like <laughs> really? when, when young people referencing digital images of their face rather than the image that the face actually presents in the office, that can be highly concerning because they're seeking surgery for the wrong or wrong reason. And then there's also this fear that, quote, the job market is so competitive that you have to prejuvenate. Okay. What? I know. This is a trend now. Where what is this word again? Give that to me, Leanne. Pre- prejuvenation okay. or prejuvenate. Yeah. 
So, like, patients under the age of 30 now are getting fillers and plastic surgery because they don't want to age. So they're not trying to combat they're the signs of They're not waiting for aging. the wrinkles yeah. or the bags. Yeah. They're just, uh, they're prejuvenating. Yes. Well, yeah, and I, they, they think they can actually control the aging process. So, I mean, that's nuts. That is just scary. Every age is whacked. So please, you look beautiful. You look to stop you look it. Great. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna love those photos. I know. Twenty five years from now, wear the bikini. Put it on. Yeah. You're gonna look good. Believe oh, me. Oh my gosh! Do whatever you want to do, but don't prejuvenate. Please stop. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Lynn, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones, and as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> 
That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Okay, well, here's the third story in our Every Age is Whacked block, Lynn and Liz. It's about an article that was posted at Satellite Sisters Facebook page by our dear uh, uh, former producer, Corny Cole. And the title of the article was The Invisibility of Older Women by Akiko Bush. She has written a book called How to Disappear, Notes on Invisibility in a Time of Transparency. Well, clearly, the, I read the article. I had to read it twice because the first time when you when you say the phrase "invisibility of an older woman," that apparently is a trigger for me because <laughs> I got really mad. I was like, I was like, "What do you mean we're invisible? Have you told Nancy Pelosi that she's invisible? I don't think so, right? I don't right. think so. I think this is when women come into our own. This is when we're really all, you know, we, we don't have to worry about other stuff. This is." The third, third of our lives and women are going at it. So, but then I actually read the, once I calmed down and I actually read the article that Akiko Bush wrote, it was, she was saying that women experience less public scrutiny as they enter into their older years. Okay. Maybe people aren't looking at you the same way they did when you were 20, but in some sense that gives older women a wider choice about when they want to be seen or how they want to be seen or how they want to be um, heard. So, you know, we've heard that expression that, you know, people ignore older women or, you know, they just, they're not looking at them. But in a time where like the millennials or the young kids, the influencers that are constantly on social media, this gives the older woman time to really have greater impact is what um, what Akiko Bush is saying. Oh. That that you can use this for your advantage because because there's too much transparency there's too much social media and if you really sort of inversely if you you know by being somewhat invisible you can stand out when you want to because you can pick and choose the time of how you know how you know how you're going to present yourself wow oh you that's th- interesting okay i'm yeah. going to have to go it, read that okay story. you have yeah. to read it you may have to read it twice okay yes. that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah. that it's just but that modern overexposure you know she's just advocating it it creates a a time and a place, you know, you can choose to hide or you can choose to stand out. And I thought that was pretty good. Okay. You know what, Julie? I'm just like you. I saw the headline on that when it was posted. I thought, I'm not reading that story. That's just going to make me really mad. <laughs> but you're right. Something to think about. Let's okay. let's leverage our invisibility, people. Okay. okay. On the flip side of that, uh, this week's Stay Noisy Award goes to Tabitha King. And here is the deal. Tabitha and Stephen King gave a gift of $1.25 million to the New England Historical and Genealogical Society. They're very generous with their money. Obviously, Stephen King is a novelist. Tabitha King is also an established author in her own right. She began her writing career in her early 30s, and she's 
published a number of books, including Small World, Survivor, and The Book of Reuben. So they're both writers giving money away. But when that um, gift, charitable gift, got reported in the paper, it was reported as Stephen King and wife donate to New England Geological Society. So first, Stephen King tweeted out, I mean, his wife, Tabitha, has a name. Yes. Uh, but he's, he said... A great name. He said, my wife is rightly pissed by headlines like this. <laughs> and then it went on. And then Tabitha released a whole statement and a series of tweets on his Twitter account, uh, which I'll just give you a highlight of this. Dear editors, then in parentheses, married to a wife or a husband. In recent media coverage of a gift that my husband ironic usage, and I made to the New England Historical and Genealogical Society, we became Stephen King and his wife. Wife is a relationship status, not an identity. <laughs> you could have made other, other choices. You could have referred to me as of Stephen or his old lady or, <laughs> or, his, ball, or his ball and chain. I have sons. I have sons. You could have referred to me as mother of novelists. I have a daughter. But wouldn't it just be silly to refer to me as mother of clergy? She's like, I'm 70, so I thought I would give you permission if of Tabitha predeceases me uh, to, uh, to title the obituary Relic of Stephen King. In the meantime, you might consider the unconscious condescension in your style book and give women their names. So she goes on, right. but I say, amen, Tabitha yeah. King. We love your name. Thank you for speaking out. This week's Stay Noisy shout out. Fantastic. You see that a lot. You see yeah, it a lot. So I know. And so and wife. So, yeah. Yeah. And they say, well, he's more famous than she is. Okay. But she's the one that gave the gift, really. And right. she is an established person in her own right. Whatever. I just like it the just fact that. It just doesn't take up that much space. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you, you can, can be even, accurate. Yeah, That's, you can be accurate. Yeah. yeah. Stephen and Tabitha King. Yeah. Or Tabitha and Stephen King. Right. It's just, Not that many more characters. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good work. Good work. All right. Uh, stay with us. We have an Entertaining Sisters coming up. Okay. Here we are. It's time for Entertaining Sisters. And we want to start by letting you know we have a big entertainment package coming for next week, right, Lee? And yeah. we have a super special interview we are doing with Liz Craft and Sarah Fain. You may know them as the hosts of the podcast, Happier in Hollywood, which we enjoy. But they are also the executive producers and showrunners of a brand new show debuting on ABC on March 18th, Monday night, March 18th, called The Fix. Right. So they are coming into the studio to talk to us about their new TV show and what's it all about. And then we get to talk to them about podcasting. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, An in-studio interview. It'll be lots of fun. <laughs> and that's going to be next week. Well, that show next will drop week. next week. Right. That'll be Tuesday's show next week. Yes. Uh, Julie and I also recorded our Madam Secretary recap. Oh, I haven't had a chance to oh, listen yet. Yeah. Well, got to listen. Yeah. It was a very, there were lots of dilemmas this week, Liz. And here's the thing about our Madam Secretary recap. You don't really have to watch the show. Liz, do you watch the show? I or? do not, but I enjoy <laughs> yeah. the recap. Occasionally, I enjoy the recap so much, I do go watch the episode because mm. I want to I want to understand more of what you're talking about, especially when you talk about the relationship between MSEC and the husband. Yeah. That seems yeah. you guys take yeah. a lot of pleasure in dissecting the marriage. So that's fun. Well, Julie yeah. identifies a mini trend this week in oh. that particular in the Henry and oh. Madam Secretary relationship. Uh -huh. And then we have an update on Eric Stoltz's hair. Okay. So yeah. we do some important work over there. <laughs> 
But, and, but Leanne, you do provide, you do a recap of all the major storylines yes. and we talk about the plot twists and turns. And then we just, uh, we, we criticize or provide guidance on the clothing that they're wearing in the show uh, and where we feel like they can make some changes, right? Yes. Tighten it up a little. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's the Satellite Sisters Talk TV. That's a separate feed where we've done the Madam Secretary recap now for four four years, Jill. It's hard wow. to believe. Yeah. I know. We're just, yeah, four years. And uh, so you'd have to go find Satellite Sisters Talk TV wherever you're listening to this podcast. You'll probably find that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah most likely. Yeah. Most likely. 100% Leah. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes it comes up first when you're looking for it. So. Yeah. Well, it um, should And be. also in April, we have our Satellite Sister Book Club. And this book club pick is a book called Duped, Double Lives, False Identities, and the con man I almost married. And this is by Abby Ellen, who is a writer for the New York Times. And I'm telling you, sisters, because I've started to read the book. I can't put it down. It is a fascinating story. She is a very smart, talented, I looked at the book jacket. She's also a highly attractive woman who falls for a man, really the man of her dreams, a Navy doctor dedicated to doing good around the world. Doesn't that sound dreamy? It's yes. like Dr. Yes. Dr. Yeah. McDreamy. And they have this whirlwind romance, wedding plans are in the works, they've moved in together, and then all of it starts to unravel in a very spectacular way. So Abby looks now, She, you know, once this terrible thing happened to her, and she realizes that everything he was saying and doing was a lie, she started to look around at the art and science of lying and deception. And you know what, mm. sisters? There's a lot of deception around. Yeah. And that we all use it every day. Uh, but even if you are a very sharp, witty, a journalist who has access to all kinds of investigative tools, you can be duped. Not once, but in Abby's book, she reveals she gets duped by another man. Oh, my god! Can gosh. you believe that? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is... <laughs> wow, I can't wait I to talk to her. I mean, I, I want to read the book, of course, but I'm so glad we get to talk to her. Right. And... and I have to say, I, I don't know. Well, she seems incredibly honest because she she admits to things, you know, maybe because if you're, you're writing a book entitled Duped, you've really got to come clean, you yeah, know, and yeah. she does come clean on a few things. But it is a fascinating story. And, you know, people tell, you know, it's everything from white lies to, you know, much bigger forms of deception. But this is a fascinating tale. Okay. okay. Excellent review. Mm -hmm. Excellent okay. review, Julie. That okay, I I have a little movie review, uh, really, and it's a three-word review. Go right now. Okay, so wow. here, here's the deal. What you may or may not know is that there is a brand new documentary called Apollo 11 that was just released in IMAX. You mm. didn't even know, Leah, right? No. You when I when I pitched this, you were like, "Wait, like Tom Hanks Apollo 11?" Right. No, no, no. Okay, we've already seen that movie. Yes. Yeah. So there is a newly discovered trove of 65 millimeter footage. This is all the actual footage of everything related in the mission, from when they're training to when they lift off to when they're on the moon to when they come home. Wow! It is 11,000 hours of uncatalogued audio recordings, and all of this brand new, gorgeous, digitally remastered footage. So mm. here's the thing. 
They just released it as an IMAX movie. I'm gonna. It was great, but it's only in the IMAX theaters for a week. So you got to go oh. right now. I'm sure they'll release a non-IMAX version, and you'll be able to catch up with it. But if you have a chance to see this on the big screen, wow! I I would say run out right now. So here's the thing when you're watching this movie, because we've seen a lot of scripted movies about Apollo 11, yes. right? There's been a lot of drama made of this, or like First Man, Julie, you and I both loved mm-hmm. that movie this yes. year. Of course, the Apollo 11 series that Tom Hanks did. When you're watching this movie, you have to keep reminding yourself, this is the real thing. This is the real thing. Oh. That is actually what it looks like. Oh, Those are the I actual see. people. It is so beautiful <laughs> that you almost forget that it's real because it doesn't have any of that not real quality of poor documentary footage shot in 1969. Wow. So it's just amazing. And you hear all of the audio, the conversations between Mission Control and the astronauts up in the uh, lunar module. It's just insane. The Now, that's there's only one area where I would improve. <laughs> Some of the audio is a little bit hard to follow. And they uh-huh. have, so there, but there are no subtitles, no nothing. Everything about this movie is just a hundred percent what it is. So I got to say, I was missing some of the back and forth, but some of the back and forth, it's so trivial that it's fascinating. Like at one point after liftoff from Cape Kennedy, the, you know, the, the, Rockets have separated, and you're just hearing the conversation back and forth between uh, Mission Control and the the medical people and the astronauts. And they're saying, okay, heart rate at liftoff, Neil Armstrong, 110, Buzz Aldrin, wow. 96. And you're like, you are taking off in a giant rocket to go to the moon? <laughs> and your heart rate only goes to 110? That's insane. But there's no narrator in this whole documentary. It's only just real sound. So you don't have some narrator telling you, that's insane. Did you hear that? (laughs) He's like barely noticing he's taking off to go to the moon. And then you hum. I'm in a rocket ship. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. There is a moment, Julie, though, when he actually steps onto the moon where his heart rate goes up to 156. Oh, wow. So, you know, he's like really feeling it then. Wow. Anyway, it's an awesome movie. And because it's so real, you know, this was a huge deal when they took off to go to the moon. Leanne, you're too little to remember, but the, I, you know, I was up at summer camp in Vermont that summer. And I remember we sat in a barn and they rolled in some TVs and we saw Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. Well, it was, when was it? 69. Oh, 69. 69. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. I was, home alone with our brothers and bad things were going on yeah (laughs) right but what you get in this documentary footage first of all it's like the best art directed documentary you'll ever see because it's so real and the colors are super vivid so everyone there were so many awesome sunglasses in 1969 (laughs) i mean everyone's just standing around looking up at liftoff then you get these rando crowd shots where you see like well, there's Johnny Carson and there's Henry Kissinger. But there's nobody, again, no narrator telling you, look, 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 it's Johnny Carson. And many of you may not even know who Johnny Carson is, but I do. <laughs> so, like, I just loved everything about the movie because it's so real. It's so dramatic. You're you're just not sure they're going to make it home alive. Wow. The whole thing is really great. So if you get a chance to see it in the IMAX theaters right now, Go, go, go. Is it a National Geographic movie? Or no, is it it's NASA? from NASA. Oh, NASA wow. did it. Great. It's all an official all right. NASA production. Excellent recommendation, Liz. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Monica, our sister Monica, Sunday afternoon. I had just gotten out of it. She's like, oh, I was going to go see that today, and I forgot. I was like, okay, go right now.
There you go. All right. Good tip. Good tip. Uh, all right. We Speaking of go right now, we got to go right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we... <laughs> We would like to thank our sponsors for supporting this week's Satellite Sisters, MeUndies, ZipRecruiter, Ritual, and Third Love. You can always find the links to the sponsors and the offers at SatelliteSisters.com. Thanks to them for supporting Women's Voices on the air, and thanks to you for supporting the people that support us. We would like to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. He's doing some good work in there today. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. Uh, All right. Next week is our interview with the executive producers of The Fix. They also host the podcast Happier in Hollywood. We're looking forward to that. And then the week after, we have a little something special that's dropping. We're going on spring break, but... uh, It's super special. You're going to love it. We're putting together Mm -hmm. something special, so stay tuned for that. All right. Anything on your to-do list, Jewel? Well, Urban Nana, I mean, I think the Wreck-It Ralph movie is just about done. So I got to get back to work making chicken soup, get Peter all set. And then I'm going on assignment next week. I'm going to be in Brooklyn uh, working with my grandchildren, uh, Josephine and her little sister, Evelyn. Yes. Well, you should take lots of pictures of them and post them on our Facebook page, and then we can exploit them. (laughs) We would like to monetize your grandchildren. Uh, is that cool? You cool with that? Yeah. Okay, that's quite a business plan. Thanks. <laughs> the $4 shout-outs and monetizing your grandchildren. We're set for the next generation. All right. Liz, what do you have on your list? I really had, I got nothing in particular except now that I've heard Julie rave about duped. I got to get going on duped because that sounds, when I saw that title with the words like the con man I almost married, that like got right. me right there. Right. So I'm going to start mm-hmm. on duped. All right. Well, I am supposed to go to a like an industry panel tonight oh. where we were promised hors d'oeuvres and wine, Liz. Yeah. And then we got an uh-huh. email last night that said, oh, no, we're just going to have coffee and dessert. So eat before you come. <laughs> Starts at 630. I mean, that is not coffee and dessert time. Do people in people in Los Angeles don't have supper at yeah. five o'clock. And no. like every it's just. And by the way, they don't eat dessert. They don't eat dessert. That's either. All, Thank you, Liz. That's all sugar, carbs. I'm like, I that- may boycott just because there's no. <laughs> I was promised appetizers. <laughs> I mean, maybe you should bring some mini quiches or something. Just gonna, I'm just, yeah. Some whatever. pigs in the blanket, Leanne. Do you think you can stuff some in your purse? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. That's uh-huh. what I'm going to do. So I'm just on the fence now about whether I'm going to go at all. Okay. I mean, that was, fair <laughs> enough. I like to cut off my professional nose despite my professional face. So it's a very <laughs> high-profile panel of all alumni from the Claremont Colleges. Yes. Yeah, but no chow? <laughs> Come on. Come on. That's fair, Leanne. It's fair. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Hey, sisters, have a great week. You, you too, Leanne. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.